Welcome to Call to Action, a School Sisters of Notre Dame Central Pacific Province podcast. During the second season of Call to Action, I will be joined by my co-host, Sister Anna Marie Reha, who is currently serving on the Central Pacific Province Provincial Council. Together, we will be exploring the Shalom topic, gospel nonviolence, and just peace. Each episode, we will discuss the meaning of gospel nonviolence and just peace, along with the corporate stance, which was established by the School Sisters of Notre Dame in order to continue to pursue just peace and invite lay colleagues and friends to join them. We look forward to exploring this topic together. Today, I'm joined by Sister Anna-Marie Reha, who will be co-hosting with me this season. Sister Anna-Marie, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me again, Caitlin. I look forward to our conversation. Um, Today, Tim Duane, Director of the Province Office of Shalom, Justice and Peace and Integrity of Creation, will be joining us. I have had the opportunity to work with Tim over these last few years, and Really, uh, Tim is a wealth of knowledge and has a steadfast commitment to justice and peace. He also impressively knows us as School Sisters of Notre Dame and lives out our charism. Um, I think you and our audience today will appreciate his sharing on the topic of gospel nonviolence and just peace. Wonderful. I look forward to it. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Caitlin. It's great to be with you and Sister Anna Marie for this conversation. So, Tim, can you tell us a little more about yourself, including your job title and what your current responsibilities with the School Sisters of Notre Dame are? And if I'm correct, you've been working with the sisters for over 20 plus years? Yeah, that's correct, Caitlin. Kind of hard to believe it's been 23 years now, I think. Uh, I head up the uh, Shalom office, the Office of Justice, Peace, and Care of Creation for the School Sisters of Notre Dame. And what a journey it's been. I work with sisters on a wide range of social justice engagements, including but not limited to issues of poverty, migration, human trafficking, racial justice, care of creation, and peace and nonviolence. And working with the sisters, takes you everywhere. I've been to fair trade coca fields in Ghana, to the halls of Congress. I've sat with and listened to the poorest of the poor in Haiti and Brazil and here in the United States. Because of the sisters, I've visited with migrants seeking asylum at our southern border. I've met with garment workers in the Dominican Republic who make clothes here for the U.S. I've even addressed some of the largest corporations board of directors and annual meetings on behalf of the sisters and social justice issues. One of the most recent engagements was standing with some of our 90-year-old sisters along the street, lifting up messages of hope and prayer for some of the voiceless. It's been quite a ride. Wow, that is fantastic. What incredible opportunities. I'm sure the sisters have really appreciated the many ways that you have collaborated with them. So let's get to the point of today's conversation. As you are aware, this season of Called to Action is covering gospel nonviolence and just peace. Can you share with us an explanation of this specific Shalom mission? Sure. Uh, As a community of women religious, the school sisters in Notre Dame are committed to living the values of the gospel. Uh, They have a, a statement, we work actively, especially in our local situations, to eliminate the root causes of injustice, to realize a world of peace, justice, and love. SSND recognizes that the centrality of peace and active nonviolence in vision and message of Jesus is something they want to hold 
in who they are and what they do. You'll recall in Jesus' own time, it was a time rife with structural violence. And at, yet Jesus proclaimed a new nonviolent order rooted in unconditional love of God. You know, for example, Jesus called his disciples, and really all of us, to love our enemies, to recognize and respect the image of God in all people, to become peacemakers, to forgive and repent, to be abundantly merciful. Sisters reflect this passion for peace and their commitment on nonviolence and how they live and how they minister. Thank you so much for that explanation. It is very helpful. And I feel that our audience, with what Sister Anna Marie shared in her first episode, they'll really understand more about gospel nonviolence and just peace. So Tim, what does it all really mean? I guess we're talking about it as a corporate stance, as something the school sisters stand for, but I want more. What does nonviolence really look like in your everyday life? And how would you say you live it out yourself? Well, think of it this way. Think of frustrations that can arise for any of us. Someone is rude or mean to us. Someone cuts us off in traffic or our computer or phone malfunctions, or we're cheated or taken advantage of in some fashion. Rather than simply lash out, sisters try to keep their cool, to de-escalate a tense situation, to be understanding and compassionate. Now, don't get me wrong, sisters get frustrated and mad just like the rest of us, but they work hard not to stay there, to move on to compassion, understanding, de-escalation, and forgiveness. Yes, it's about turning the other cheek instead of perpetuating the violence, but it's more than that. Sisters know peace isn't simply the absence of conflict. It's about right relationships. Peace requires justice. Justice requires peace. Sister Anne-Marie, do you agree with this? What are your thoughts on Tim's explanation of gospel nonviolence and just peace? Well, I wish I could say that we sisters already live fully gospel nonviolence and just peace, but I know that for myself, as for many of my sisters, it is a daily struggle, but it really is my deep desire to move toward that, and that as school sisters, we are committed to a more just and peaceful world, which is why we have this corporate stance. Okay, so my question comes back to the idea of a corporate stance. What is a corporate stance? Tim, can you explain what a corporate stance is? What are some of the other corporate stances that the school sisters have joined on to very briefly? Because there are a handful. So I just want to make sure that our audience understands what exactly we mean by corporate stance and when the sisters choose to act. Sure. Taking a corporate stance for the sisters is a public commitment to act, to foster greater accountability to ourselves, our donors, our friends. It's not entered into lightly. It's a result of a matter, a period of deep study, usually several months, a lot of reflection and prayer and dialogue. It's on critical matters of concern involving human rights and dignity or structural injustice. The issue must reflect the gospel and the teachings of the church and our core values as School Sisters of Notre Dame. But when we take a corporate stance, when we adopt it, after all that study and reflection, it permits us to stand as one. It provides direction and structure for our education, reflection, and ongoing action. Today, we're talking about our corporate stance on gospel nonviolence and just peace. But we also have a corporate stance on addressing immigration 
And that's not a surprise to anyone who knows the School Sisters of Notre Dame, as our history in the U.S. is inextricably connected to the immigrant experience. SSNDs came to the U.S. as immigrants to minister to immigrants. And for over 170 years, we've served immigrant communities through education and other ministries. Really, Tim, in that particular corporate stance, sisters call for immigration reform that treats every person with dignity, that protects families, fixes the the huge visa backlog that we have in this country, upholds the rule of law, protects our borders and national security, and really brings immigrants into that formal economy. Just to give you a, a breadth of that particular corporate stance. Thank you. We may have to do a future podcast on the immigration reform. Now back to the corporate stance on gospel nonviolence and just peace. In our first episode, Sister Anna Marie, you read the stance and mentioned that there are seven commitments. Could you list them for us, which are found on our website? Sure, Caitlin. And as a reminder to our audience, these can be found on our SSNDCP website. And the commitments go as follows. Um, We commit to integrate gospel nonviolence explicitly into our everyday lives. We commit to cultivate our own inner peace by developing self-respect and recognition of one's own dignity. We commit to recognize and respect the dignity of each person, to live and teach love and compassion for all. We commit to recognize our interconnectedness with all creation and to seek to live in harmony with all of life, reflecting this in our prayer, our practices and policies. We commit to use education, reflection, prayer, and other actions to foster a culture of peace and to eliminate violence in our individual lives, our communities, society, and our relationship with all of creation. We commit to promote peace building through nonviolent policies, practices, and strategies. And the seventh one, we commit to advocate for the use of diplomacy and dialogue to abolish war and nuclear weapons. And probably one of the biggest challenges that we have in our corporate stance is we commit to challenge the validity and application of the just war theory. Thank you, Sister Anna-Marie. So why these specific commitments? I mean, is it to help better explain what gospel nonviolence and just peace means by breaking it down into seven commitments? Or is this just necessary in order to make sure you're meeting the terms of the corporate stance? Oh, Caitlin, I can answer that. It's actually both. We're responding to the increasing violence and division in our world with a broad statement and commitment to act. And that's important. But by going beyond that to list the seven particular areas of emphasis, we establish focus and promote accountability. It also allows us to highlight areas of focus that may not be obvious to all, like the one Sister Anna Marie mentioned about recognizing our interconnectedness with all of creation and seeking to live in harmony with all of life. Many people think issues of peace and nonviolence exclusively in terms of people-to-people interaction. But our relationship with the earth, with all creation, must also be a part of our focus. 
for the sake of all life. I agree with you, Tim. You know, breaking down the corporate stance into specific commitments really helps me to be more accountable. And there's something that each one of us can do without being overcome or overwhelmed. That's perfect. That does make a lot of sense. Throughout season two, Sister Anne-Marie and I will be interviewing a handful of sisters who are going to share their understanding of gospel nonviolence and just peace, how they live it out in their lives, as well as comment on one of the seven commitments. Tim, would you mind explaining in more detail commitment number six and seven? Promote peace building through nonviolent policies and advocate for the use of diplomacy and dialogue. They seem more of a governance or policy type of action. So I'm curious how everyday people can live this out. Yeah, promoting peace building and nonviolent policies, let's start there, can take a variety of forms. Advocating and making use of restorative justice practices is one example, instead of just relying on punishment. We see this employed in school settings, the courts, and elsewhere. Trauma training and healing programs help break the cycle of violence by providing important support to people who've experienced violence in their home, the neighborhood, or coming back from the battlefield. We've also seen that this is particularly helpful to victims of human trafficking to help them heal and students coming from challenging situations to cope. Peace building efforts focus on fostering inclusion, equity, stability, accountability, creating situations of stability founded again on right relationships not simply the absence of conflict. That's what peace building's about. Maintaining peace requires nonviolent tools to minimize conflicts and quickly address them when they arise. These tools have application in a variety of settings, from those returning from the battlefield again to our neighborhoods, our schools, and even our family settings. I appreciate you talking about tools that can be used for peace building. It, you know, it makes me think of something as simple as, or not so simple, as nonviolent communication. You know, where we learn to express ourselves clearly and honestly while listening to the needs and cares and concerns of others. It makes me think of using language of compassion. You know, unfortunately, violent communication has become almost automatic and habitual. And so we, we need to actually unlearn these ways. But as you said, Tim, there are many tools that can be used in all of these arenas of our lives. That makes sense. I'm working hard with my young daughters trying to teach them how to properly communicate in ways that are compassionate, kind, and respectful. I guess that is about creating good and right relationships in a simple but important way at the micro level. But how do we do this work at the macro level? Tim, you mentioned advocacy. How does that happen? Yeah, so advocating for policies and practices that support peace building and challenge the over-reliance and use of force by either the military or other authorities takes a variety of forms for the sisters and for anyone, really. There's letter writing. Sisters are great letter writers to both elected officials and to your local newspaper. There's phone calls and emails, meetings, there's even nonviolent protests. We, of course, believe strongly in public prayer services, you name it. For our sisters, everything begins with education and reflection, and then moves on to engagement and dialogue. 
often this is with elected officials, depending on the issue. But sometimes it can also include dialogue engagement with corporations in partnership with other faith and values investors and shareholders to help encourage them to be better corporate citizens. The framework for all of these dialogues and advocacies for SSND is simple. It's love. Love of God, love of neighbor, love of creation and the common good. Promoting diplomacy and dialogue while challenging policies and practices which seek to address conflict with power and violence. We have to do better. Lasting peace requires justice. Mm, thank you for that, Tim. You know, in our first episode, I quoted um, Pope Paul VI, who said, if you want peace, work for justice. And I, I really do appreciate that the Catholic Church leadership has spoken solidly on the topic of peace and justice. And, you know, back in 1963, even, Pope John um, the 23rd issued an encyclical, Pacem in Terris, Peace on Earth. And, you know, it's just as important today as it was back then. You know, this cyclical outlines the rights and obligations of not only us as individuals, but as a state, or in other words, the rights and obligations of government and civil society. It emphasized human dignity and equality among all people. You know, and it making mention from issues from the rights of women all the way to nuclear non-proliferation um, issues. And so that encyclical really spoke on establishing universal peace and truth, justice, charity, and liberty. Yeah, and that that's the message that Pope Francis continues to speak of in his encyclical that came out last year, Fratelli Tutti. As he turns our attention to dialogue and friendship as critical nonviolent ways of being and invites not only Catholics, but all people to recognize that nonviolence is positive reverence for human life and dignity. You know, I'm, I'm, I also am impacted by Pope Francis's encyclical, and I love how he highlights the importance of creating processes of encounter where we come to not only accept but but value differences versus the violence of those who despise difference. You know, he calls these encounters or what what you called building right relationships to be part of the just peace moral framework. And then he goes on and he he talks about breaking the cycles of violence which requires becoming artists and architects of peace. You know, Anna-Marie, these really are not one-off messages from the popes. Actually, every year, for the past 55 years, the popes have written a message for the World Day of Peace to start the new year, January 1st. And, you know, our listeners to this podcast might be interested in receiving, reading some of those messages. Yeah, I'm thinking of, um, in particular, uh, Pope Francis's message for the 50th World Day of Peace, which was in 2017, and and I, it just really struck me and stays with me today, where he focused on making active nonviolence our way of life, and he spoke to nonviolence as a style of politics for peace. 
pretty powerful. These are great resources. Thank you both for sharing. Tim, you have worked with and have been a part of the Sisters' Lives for a long time. Can you tell us, before this corporate stance, would you say the Sisters have already been living this out or have been actively living this out throughout your time here? Because to me, this corporate stance is just a way to show the public that Sisters believe in this versus actually having to step up and do it now that is that it is a corporate stance? Or would you say that by making this corporate stance, the sisters make it more a part of their actively daily prayer and in daily life? Well, certainly for the years I've known the sisters, over 20, working for them for with justice and peace, it is a way of life. It's an expression of living gospel to them. So the corporate stance is both really a way to deepen that existing commitment as well as a way to extend an invitation to others to do the same. And from what I've observed and know of the sisters, prayer is a critical component of that. Sisters believe strongly in the power of prayer. And they also believe prayer impels us to love and inspires us to service. So with a prayerful heart, the sisters, they listen to the cries of the earth and the cries of the poor. The escalation of violence, conflict, and division caused sisters that they've observed in recent years compelled them to a more robust response. You know, they listened seriously to Pope Francis's challenge in one of his Peace Day messages, where he called us to dedicate ourselves prayerfully and actively to banishing violence from our hearts, our words, our deeds, and to become nonviolent people, to build nonviolent communities that care for our coming home. Pope said, nothing is impossible if we turn to God in prayer. Everyone can be an artisan of peace. For the School Sisters of Notre Dame, taking a corporate stance elevates those existing efforts, challenges us to do more, and invites others to join us in this journey. As it says in You Are Sent, which is the constitution of the School Sisters of Notre Dame, our internationality challenges us to witness to unity in a divided world. We work actively, especially locally, to eliminate root causes of injustice in order to realize a world of peace, justice, and love. See, I told you, Tim, you know us very well. You know, we do, as School Sisters, we long for a world of peace and justice. We pray for that, and we work actively in our personal lives as well as within society to make active the gospel nonviolence, you know, and make it really a way of life. I think that is beautiful. It is a wonderful call to each of us. And I find that I'm personally challenged to read again, the corporate stance and see how I can make a deeper commitment to gospel nonviolence and just peace. Well, thank you for sharing today, Tim. I certainly understand better gospel nonviolence and just peace. Throughout season two of Call to Action, we will share the Peacemaker's Prayer by Sister Lilia Langrick, I understand that you knew Sister Lilia well. Would you be able to provide an explanation of why this prayer was chosen to go with gospel nonviolence and just peace? Oh, sure. The prayer was chosen because of its beautiful message and also the beautiful soul who penned it. Sister Lilia was an educator, as all SSNDs are in one way or another, an advocate for immigrants and the poor and their common home. She was a poet and a prophet of peace. She was also a very good friend who I miss terribly. Despite her diminutive, unassuming nature, 
Sister Lilia found a way to use pen and spirit to challenge the powers that be and encourage all she came in contact with to do better for the poor and the planet to be instruments of peace. It just was the appropriate choice. Mm, yeah, Sister Lilia was really an incredible writer of poems and prayers. And just as you just said, Tim, a wonderful woman. And, and we do we do miss her. Um, Caitlin, would you mind praying her prayer for us? Sure, I would love to. Let us pray. O creative spirit of God, come awaken our spirits to the call to be artisans of peace. Let us dream again. Let us hope again. Let us discover again courage, nonviolence, compassion. Let us discover again ways to help the oppressed, the suffering, ways to create peace nonviolently. O creative spirit of God, strengthen our faith, fill us with compassionate love, make us true artisans of peace. Amen. 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 Thank you, Caitlin. Sister Lilia's prayer and, and the SSND corporate stance um, can be found on our website, www.ssndcp.org. As we come to a close of this episode of Call to Action, I'd like to invite you, Caitlin, and our audience to consider how you might live out the call to gospel nonviolence and just peace in your everyday life. You know, it might be taking time to cultivate your own inner peace by enjoying a moment of quiet each day or having and appreciating an encounter with someone who is different from you. Or maybe it's being mindful and cultivating nonviolence in your communication. So those are just a couple of, of ideas about living out this call to gospel nonviolence and just peace. Thank you, Sister Henry, for those ideas. After this episode, I feel like I have a better grasp on this season's topic. I know I will be ready to share my thoughts on gospel nonviolence and just peace and how I acted out in the episodes going forward. Well, thank you, Tim and Sister Anne Marie, for joining me today. Thank you, Caitlin. I really appreciate the opportunity to share, and I look forward to checking out all the future Peace Podcasts. Great. Well, thank you, Tim, for joining us. And thank you, Caitlin. This was a great opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about the School Sisters of Notre Dame, Central Pacific Province, visit our website at www.ssndcp.org. I hope you join us for our next conversation airing every other Wednesday. You can subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts or listen on Spotify. Thank you for your support and have a wonderful day.